You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, where we unpack what's new and innovative in education. When Tom spoke at the recent digital education show in Dubai, he was able to sit down and chat with another conference speaker, Dr. Paul Kim, who's Chief Technology Officer and Assistant Dean at Stanford University Graduate School of Education. Dr. Kim has strong opinions about how students learn and feels we should base the quality of their questions on how much they have really retained. The higher quality of the questions, the better the learning outcome. So he created the application SMILE, which stands for Stanford mobile inquiry-based learning environment to support inquiry-based learning. He explains more to Tom about why and how this application is important for learning. I'm here with Paul Kim, the CTO and Assistant Dean at Stanford. Paul, thanks for being on the Getting Smart podcast. Thank you. Paul, uh, you've developed a strong point of view about how young people learn. Mm -hmm. How would you describe that? Yeah, uh, I believe the young kids are real great scientists. Uh, the problem is that when they start to go to school, they become passive learners where they are trained to memorize uh, for exams. And then they ask less questions as they go through higher grades. And that's pretty sad scene to me. Um, there have been enough research to indicate that uh, students are asking less questions as, as they move up the, the grades. Uh, and... Uh, Paul Harris at Harvard uh, has mentioned that the kids uh, uh, aged between 2 to 5, they ask 40,000 questions, but when they get to high school level, they don't really ask any questions. Um, so uh, that's where I started with my own project. You know, How do we get the students to ask high-quality questions? And how do we uh, evaluate their learning progress uh, with questions? If they come up with a simple recall questions, we know that they really haven't learned much in terms of uh, uh, important uh, critical thinking level uh, matters. But if they can come up with the questions that really trigger higher order thinking and critical thinking, then I really value uh, their learning outcomes. So are there, are there ways that technology can help uh, create uh, environments where Good questions are the the focus, not an afterthought. That's right. So that's the system that that I developed. It's called SMILE, Stanford Mobile Inquiry-Based Learning Environment. And um, I really like the name because, you know, SMILE uh, can represent many things. When they are happy, they smile. When they feel the sense of achievement, they smile. Uh, So through the system SMILE, students are asking their own questions, and they are sharing their questions with their peers, And they're not only solving them, but evaluating them, uh, knowing that uh, their peer questions may not be perfect questions from the beginning. So they develop the skill of analyzing each other's questions and see if their questions are worthy enough to share uh, and then see if they reflect the aspect of critical thinking. And this starts at a very young age. I've done studies in over 25 different countries. And when you start this project earlier, it's much easier. Um, For example, in Ghana, Ethiopia, and Tanzania, where kids are creating questions, naturally, when they start to come up with questions, all of them are uh, starting with simple recall questions, such as, uh, where's the capital city? You know, who's the president? That sort of things. But after they go through multiple sessions on a daily basis, this is not a 
uh, ad hoc or add-on kind of a program, this is integrated in their existing curriculum. So if you're learning math, you're creating questions on math. If you're learning social science, you're creating questions about social science. So when students go through the sessions where they come up with questions and sharing them with their peers and evaluating each other's questions, their questions improve. So from simple recall questions to higher order thinking questions. And I have testimonies from countries like Ethiopia where teachers are saying that students are asking questions such as, uh, which candidate is different from the rest of the candidates? And that's very different from, you know, who's the, the better president right. or who's the president to begin and with. I, I like what you said earlier that uh, the quality of the questions can be the best form of evidence of learning. That's right. So I use the word uh, evaluation vector because the question indicates what you know or what you don't know or what you understand or what you do not understand or misconceptions you might have. So the questions are the evaluation vectors in my study. Uh, what, tell us about the technology of bringing SMILE to uh, low-income, off-grid communities. Right. So there are two types of uh, uh, technology in SMILE. One is the cloud version where you go to smile.stanford.edu, and if you have internet access, you can use that system to generate questions, set up your own class, uh, share your uh, groups, and uh, create your own activities, etc. So that happens in the cloud space. For places where there's no electricity or internet, there's a technology called the Smile Plug. The Smile Plug, the latest model, runs off of uh, Raspberry Pi 3.0, which is about $25. And then you can uh, have not only the Smile learning management system, but you have the entire copy of Wikipedia, and then you have Khan Academy Lite, and four different coding language schools, and physics simulation lab, and also you have open textbook contents or any kind of instructional videos that you, you feel uh, needed in a particular region. And you wrap them all together in $25 box and you have a, a future school in your hand. Yeah, that's really remarkable. Uh, it's something that you can do anywhere, any community in the world. Anywhere, anytime, any place. Um, I have uh, implemented this in over 25 countries. I love places where there's no electricity. I love places like in the middle of mountain, in the middle of jungle, uh, on a boat, uh, uh, in the middle of desert. Um, that's where kids are, and in that's some, where the In some is. respects, um, these communities that you're working in are easier to get started with uh, a, a questioning environment. Uh, you and I talked to a number of people this morning that are uh, that are here working in the Middle East where uh, countries have adopted really repressive um, standardized uh, uh, curriculum and, and assessments. So any advice for that, those that people? That is the secret because the places that I've been working in the remote areas, they didn't really have much. Uh, they didn't have any particular standards to begin with. So anything you introduce to them becomes a whole new curriculum for them. So uh, they are not used to just listening to the teacher lecture and preparing for exams. So that's why I've been very uh, successful in those areas. And then kids come up with great questions uh, because they are not uh, yet used to uh, be listening and preparing for exams. But if you try to do this in a public schools, in high school level, 
it gets really tough because they are not used to coming up with their own questions. You are listening to Paul Kim, Chief Technology Officer and Assistant Dean at Stanford University Graduate School of Education, speak with Getting Smart CEO Tom Vanderark. Next up, artificial intelligence, which is a topic we've been covering a lot on the blog recently in our hashtag AskAboutAI blog series, where we're encouraging parents, teachers, mentors, and advisors to engage young people in a dialogue about the emerging automation economy and the ethical and economic implications of artificial intelligence. And with Stanford's recently launched 100-year AI study, as well as many other indicators that AI will play a huge role in our futures, we think it's the perfect time to talk to today's students about AI, and so does Paul Kim. So let's listen in to their conversation around AI, machine learning, and how these will impact the future of education. Paul, let's talk about uh, machine intelligence. I, I think we both um, have been looking at that, and we, we believe that it has some direct and interesting indirect implications for uh, for learning, maybe the the direct implications. How do you see AI and machine learning um, impacting education and education tools? Well, there are so many ways that I can uh, come up with uh, as a, a possible scenarios to use AI in education. But the one area that I'm particularly interested in and working on right now is uh, classifying questions with the machine learning Um, because I get thousands and thousands of questions from students on a daily basis and um, sometimes we just can't go through all the questions that students come up with. Um, So we adopt this uh, IBM Watson's uh, um, machine learning uh, natural language classifier. So uh, by using that, we can classify questions into multiple categories. Uh, you could use Bloom's taxonomy. You could use various other categories that you come up with so that you have a multiple layers uh, of evaluation tools. And you, when you run statistics on, uh, on questions with multiple layers of machine learning algorithms, then you can come up with a pretty comfortable uh, results indicating whether your question is a simple recall question, like, uh, you know, who's the president of this country kind of thing, versus what if uh, someone was a president, what would have happened? You know, things like that, much more exciting uh, and divergent question uh, scenarios. So the machine learning can classify them and advise students to improve and enhance their question sets as well. So this is just the beginning, but there are so many uh, ways to uh, use AI, and I think we're at a very interesting uh, time here uh, as AI uh, develops very rapidly. There's a startup that came out of the University of Washington that allows a teacher to record classroom conversations, and it measures how much of the talking they're doing, and it classifies the uh, the nature of the questions that the teacher is posing and that the students uh, pose in the classroom. So that mm-hmm. we're, we're seeing those sorts of exciting mm-hmm. um, applications, but. That's just the beginning. I believe that uh, eventually you will be able to train your own AI so that uh, your job is to make your own uh, machine smarter by teaching it. Uh, Teaching is actually learning, right? So you will be interacting with this AI being and uh, you will be able to uh, to feed the machine with uh, lots of uh, different knowledge and information, and you can interact with them, and you can exchange your AI with other people's AIs as well. So there's so many interesting ways to uh, use AI in education. And you you probably see 
machine learning uh, being used uh, in almost every department across campus now? Is that well, not uh, not in the extent to, uh, uh, where uh, uh, a lot of automation is taking place yet, but uh, certainly we're all, all very much interested in uh, leveraging what's right. uh, what's out there but right department at Department the by department, people working on asking big questions are finding big data sets and data analytics and uh, smart tools are becoming more important across the curriculum. Yeah, so you, you just hit the nail on its head. You know, the questions are more important than the data itself. Because even if you have a big data, if you don't have questions, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Right? So uh, asking the right questions, asking uh, important questions is the key here. You know, the answers may be hidden in the data somewhere, but if you don't have questions, you're not going to get them. I, I've uh, suggested that it's going to be more important in the future to help people find a cause they're interested in, to go deep quickly, and then to explore the data implications, because I think it'll be cause plus code. That'll be the new formula for mm -hmm. making a difference. Does that mm -hmm. make yeah, sense? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that uh, as uh, we see young kids learning uh, coding and uh, developing their own algorithms to solve interesting problems uh, of uh, tomorrow, and, and uh, as we see more students coming up with these new set of competencies, uh, we're, we're going to be uh, seeing a lot of transformation in education for sure. So as we, we think about the employment landscape that young people are, are headed for today, um, how do you see AI impacting that employment landscape? Well, as we know, 65% of uh, the, the students in elementary school today will uh, work in a jobs that don't exist, right? So um, that means that a lot of uh, jobs of today, especially the ones that require manual labor work or uh, routine process. Right, even repetitive uh, application of a rule set. Right, and, and even things that require creativity like paintings and right. uh, music composition and things like that. So AI is kind of creeping into the creativity area as right. well, and they're coming up with uh, very interesting stuff. Um, so uh, to, uh, what extent the AI will be impacting the future or uh, job market? It's hard to tell at this point, but uh, there will be certainly a whole new set of jobs that we, we don't even know uh, what they look like today. You concluded this morning by saying our job is to help them invent their job. Exactly, and that's the way that we should educate our kids. They should create their own jobs, uh, uh, whole new uh, 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 things that, that will change the way that we live and breathe and read and learn and you know uh, live our life. Uh, so uh, if, uh, if we're training our uh, students for the future, we, we have to help them uh, be critical thinker and self-regulated learner so that they can learn to create uh, new things uh, with the creativity in mind, I'm sure they'll be fine in the future when a whole new set of jobs uh, are created. So uh, asking good questions was important uh, in the time of Socrates. It, it seems like it's even more important today. If young people are going to work with smart tools, it'll be more important than ever that they are asking really good questions. What I think that the smart tools mean that uh, tools that can help uh, the, the learners navigate uh, the world and solve problems in a, in a more intelligent and efficient ways. Right? So 
if you look at Google, for example, uh, Google uh, search engine works with the keywords. So if you type keywords, it will just uh, pop up all the documents that contain the keywords. But Google cannot do intelligent search yet. You know, um, so uh, if you ask difficult questions like why is a certain continent still experiencing a lot of poverty, you know, that sort of thing. The Google cannot really answer those questions. But um, uh, with a more uh, intelligent AI in the future and with the right types of questions, it may not be one-shot question. You may have to come up with a series of questions to get to the answer you need. Um, I, I have experienced that with uh, Alexa. Uh, at least, I mean, for example, if I ask a question like, why is it uh, dangerous to fly right behind a big jumbo jet? Uh, it, it just doesn't answer your question. It says, I do not understand your question. But if you ask, what is wake turbulence? Then it will say, wake right. turbulence is blah, 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 blah. Right? So it's a simple recall. Right. And so we do not want to train our future uh, leaders to be uh, another Alexa. Right. We want students to be able to come up with the, the right type of questions that lead to a, a, an important answers and answers that can lead to action and change. Given the ethical and economic issues that AI is rapidly surfacing, uh, that seems to be all the more reason uh, to train young people to ask really good questions. Absolutely, because uh, we're, we're living in the age of information right now, but uh, soon we're going to be living in the age of inquiry. Uh, information is already out there, uh, and you do not have enough capacity to memorize things. And I don't think memorization is... I mean, it has some value, but in the future, uh, more value is in the right type of questions. So I think that uh, we got to train our students to be able to come up with critical thinking questions uh, and, and, and work with them and find a judgment, a right judgment at the end. Because, you know, who to trust, who to, who to believe, uh, what information to follow. I mean, there will be a lot of fake things and misleading information on the net, but our schools are not really teaching our kids how to make the right judgment, how to do an investigation, how to do research, how to make predictions, and how to find the right evidence to uh, uh, support a claim, right? So those skills are really important, but schools are not addressing them at the moment. Good questions are more important than ever. Absolutely. Thanks to Paul Kim for sharing his insights on inquiry-based learning, AI, and machine learning in education on our podcast today. Thanks also to Andrew Luck for mixing this episode for us. Be sure to check out the Ask About AI blog series on gettingsmart.com by searching hashtag AskAboutAI to see more around our exploration of developments in AI and the implications for the future of employment and education. Check out the Getting Smart podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And while you're there, subscribe and rate us. For more on all things innovations and learning, check out our blog as well at gettingsmart.com. For the Getting Smart podcast, this is Kat signing off.